Hello there. Hello there. Welcome back to Mando Mondays. We are covering season two of The Mandalorian today to get ready for season three coming up in about a couple of weeks now. As you're getting ever closer to the return of Mando and Grover to our screens. I'm one of the hosts, Mike Phillips, here on the Sky Guys podcast. We cannot, unfortunately, defrost Pete Constantine from, Const from the uh, carbonite that Mando put him in last week so that uh, our magistrate is still back here with us. Nick Friday is here. Nick, how are you? Doing well. That's my Pete impression. Yep. Um, we find the mute button too. That's also my Pete impression. <laughs> but um, yeah, doing doing well. Uh, Mando season two, pretty fresh in my mind. So rewatch um, wasn't entirely necessary. If I'm being honest, I did not finish the rewatch. I did not watch the last episode, but I'd seen it so many times. It doesn't really matter. Um, so I, I I didn't finish, but I got close enough. I think. Yeah, well, you, you might be able to finish it off the air before you get to Book of Boba next week. Yeah, and I've, I've seen that episode so many times. That's like a rewatch. You know, that's an episode I'll rewatch, go back and rewatch it. So nothing that I didn't, wouldn't have picked up on. Nothing I, you know, nothing I would have picked up on. Absolutely. So let's go ahead here. As we do at the top of the podcast, give you our uh, plug information, what's going on here. So since Pete's not here, I'll tell you, if you want to follow the uh, Sky Guys podcast, you can do that on your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Simply search the Sky Guys there. You'll find all our podcasts. If you are, are here from the Just End the Suffering podcast, first of all, welcome. And we are not getting Mando Mondays in your feed or the Bad Batch coverage. So if you want to get that stuff in your feed, subscribe. Yeah, I mean, since you're not getting this in your feed, you're not getting that stuff. It's all the all the more reason to hit that subscribe button. And while you're at it, make your way over to the Instagram and follow us there at Sky Guys Podcast. Yep, you can follow it on Twitter as well at Sky Guys Podcast here. You can also... Check out the YouTube version, Mike Phillips on YouTube. Video version of the podcast available on YouTube here. And since she showed up in season number two, we'll bring Ahsoka out. All right. Yeah, Grogu there. I feel like you got a lot of guys right there. Yeah, I got Grogu's over here. Uh, Ahsoka, Mando. I got Obi-Wan and Vader over here. So I got a lot of people over here. Is um, Giancarlo Esposito there? They, I do not have the Moff Gideon brickhead. It's not available they, don't have the, they don't have the Moff Gideon brickhead yet. All right. Maybe in season three. Yeah, maybe there'll be a, a, a pack of season three of Mock Gideon in it and him fighting Bo-Katan. Maybe. All right, so we'll talk here. Quick little bit of Mando news here, Nick. So since we last spoke here, uh, February 1st came went 30 days until Mando release, and Disney Plus did drop a new poster for us. They did. Yeah. I don't, do you have it? I do have it right here. I'm going to pop it on the screen. People want to see it. This is the new poster. It's Mando. Wielding the dark saber and his blaster with Grogu in his new in his new ship they got in Book of Boba Fett. So, oh yeah, and he looks very excited, Grogu. Huh? Yeah, Grogu is very entertained right now. What's going on? I'm trying to get, get to figure it out. It looks like they're on a planet, right? Yeah, it looks like they're on like a moon, maybe. Yeah, and then you see two other things up in the air there. Yeah, One of them kind of looks like a Death Star. Obviously, it's not, but it kind of does. It looks like a little space station almost. Yep, and then another planet behind it. But uh, yeah, we're we're one month away and. February is the shortest month of the year, so... It's coming very fast. Yeah. Yeah, and they're also, on the same day, you can go on the Mandalorian or Star Wars Twitter accounts here. They did put out, like, a little, like, two-and-a-half-minute featurette like, that talk about the phenomenon of Mandalorian, put a little bit of new footage in it, so, like, that's that's also on, the, on there if you want to watch that. Yeah, let's, let's get season three here. Could yeah. not be sooner. This is, like... Prime time Disney Plus, prime time Sky Guys, this is it. I mean, I you mean, look at season one, we didn't know what to expect, but pretty much after the first episode, we knew what to expect the rest of the season. It was going to be the babysitting and the finest home. Season two, we knew what we were expecting. It's so we got to find our people and find the Jedi. 
I have no clue what season three is going to be about. I mean, I know a little things just from the trailer, but let's see. Oh, I know season three so far. We'll talk about that in like two weeks. We're going to do the, because next week we're going to talk about uh, season 2.5 Mandalorian. So we'll get to that next week, but that's right. Good season. Yeah, it was, good. It was that was a good season. The rest well, of the, if you if you only take the, the 2.5 part from the part we're going to cover, it was fantastic. Yeah, that's what we're, that's all we're covering next week. So I'll give you guys the homework early. If you want to watch along with us, we're doing chapters five through seven. A book of Boba, basically from when Mando shows up until the end of the season. Yeah, we're just kind of following Din Djarin's adventure here and Grogu's adventure here until we get to uh, Mando 3. Yeah, so general thoughts here on Mando 2. I feel like on the rewatch, you feel like that they were trying to increase the complexity of the plot. I do feel like they have very tight arrow thread. There was one dud in there, but I feel like the rest of the season was very strong. Yeah, I'll be honest, that one dud uh, had me snoozing. <laughs> it did. Uh, another one you're referring to, but even that one really wasn't that bad. Um, it was just kind of boring. Yeah. But yeah, the story's clear. It makes sense. He wants to find more Mandalorians. Gets wrapped up into some other stuff. Then he's got to find a home for Grogu. And that eventually does. Yeah, he does. A very fun story. A lot, And we do see, like, at this point, they're comfortable with the world is Now they're starting to bring in elements from the other Star Wars continuities, whether it's Clone Wars, whether it is live action stuff. We all know about the infamous. Luke Skywalker return at the end of the season here. They have a lot going on. Definitely. Yeah. This is the kind of show, this is the kind of season that makes you, I've said this on this podcast before, it makes you go back and it makes you say, if you haven't, that is, I want to watch that. I want to understand that. And that's great. It is great here. And I do think it's a lot of fun here. So let's get dive into the season a little bit here. So we talk about how they like to have these big entries from Mando digging every season. Se- season one, we talk about how he shows up and he's like kicking ass, taking names, and he's putting uh, the mithril and carbonite to deliver him for a bounty. Season two, Mando arrival. I think that was a, it. Might be even better than season one. Maybe it was pretty cool. It was it was uh, against all odds, if you will, right? Yep. I mean, he shows up on this planet like looking for information on Mandalorians, and he ends up like getting walking into a trap. I did like the communication he has with Grogu, and basically like he. Like says like magic word and Grogu closes his dram and he goes to town like murdering all of these uh, gangsters. Yeah. Um. Really mirrors the first season. First, you know, very just a badass moment to show Mando off in the beginning. Yeah, and I gotta say also it's a lot of fun when he says like you will not die by my hand, and then he shoots the gun out and lets the uh, creatures eat this gangster. That was also pretty badass. Yep. Yep. It's just that's exactly what it is. A yep. badass moment. The beginning of the season to introduce your character. Yep. And we do find out that this season, because this season there's spoiler, there's the rest of Mando's tribe is not there. So no armor, no pads, no other Mandalorians. Mando's out in search of other Mandalorians for help here. So he gets sent to Tatooine. We meet our friend Cobb Vanth. And we find out he's inherited, that he has gotten Boa Fett's armor off of, off a uh, group of Jawas. Yep. And uh, Mando basically says to him, give it back. And he's like, no. And then uh, <laughs> he's like, all right, I'll tell you, to give you, make you a deal. You, uh, you help me with this, I'll give you your armor. And that's yeah, that's pretty much the episode. And some exciting battles in there. But uh, Cobb Vance is a character we then see again, which we'll get to next week. But um, and apparently we're going to see again. I don't know why that was necessary, but um, the episode. I yeah, a couple things I want to point out here. I did like that. We went back again. We rehashed that the Mando can talk to the same people thing. I did like that we had that like continuity thread from season one continue. Yeah, that was good. That was yeah. good. And you get to see them work together. Yeah. 
The sand just, heat. I, I, I just wish they had a little training montage and then taught them how to defend themselves and then left. That would have been a good <laughs> fifth time in Star Wars they've done that. I mean, Boba Fett does that himself, and so we're not watching next week. <laughs> yeah, the only difference is Mando's here, I guess, with him. So yeah. he didn't leave. Yeah, he didn't leave, and I did forget that they we got the confirmation in Episode One that Boba Fett is alive. I, I did, I, I for some reason I, I, in my memory that he just shows up on on the tragedy on on Oxix and helps him like find on Tython helps him find uh, Grogu. But we see here he's been following uh, his armor all along. He sees that Mando has it. Yeah, I remember that. Um, it was very cool to see Boba again. I remember being like, "Wow, Boba Fett, huh?" And then. Took a while for him to show up again, but yeah, Boba Fett at the end of the episode. Yeah, good threat, good teasing of the threat here. Yeah, and that pretty much confirms that the, uh, or does confirm that the person who walked up to Fennec in episode five of season one was indeed him. Yep. Uh, a little continuity error there with the outfit he was wearing at the time, but hey, no Jim, big deal. I don't think Book of Boba Fett was, like, was an idea when they shot that season one episode either. Yeah, I don't think so. Who knows? I mean, we have no idea. I wonder. I really would love to know what's going on in that planning room. Like, when they made Mando season one, what was the guy original plan? We'll never know, but we could take our stab at it. But, like, I wonder. Like, imagine it was just, we'll see how this season goes and go from there. Or imagine it's, well, we have a three, three this is going to be a four-season show. We have this other show called Boba Fett. We have another show with this. Like, who knows? You know? Yeah, I feel like that none of those ideas really came until after season one was a mega hit. Probably, but... Yeah. We will never know unless we're sitting at that table. Yeah, one other thing I will point out here, I did enjoy the the Cobb Vanth flashback that we got of, of him, like, basically, like, them seeing the Death Star blow up, their their village being invaded by pirates, and then him getting, like, being picked up by the Jawas, getting the armor, and going back and you know, just kicking everybody's ass and getting them out of the town. Am I the only one who really, I said this, I said this on our episode that came out on Thursday for Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 6, they're really teasing us with Hondo. Yeah. Pirates here, pirates there, smugglers here, smugglers there, bringing in characters that were involved with Hondo. Just give us Hondo. Yeah. We know what's happening. They wouldn't throw him in Galaxy's Edge if they planned to never use him again. Where is Hondo? I still think it's Bad Batch. I think it's where I see him. If I had to put my money on it, I'm saying Bad Batch too. We haven't seen him in live, I guess, the account. Galaxy's Edge is live action. I don't really know. I mean, it's no. ha- it's halfway. It's animatronic. Yeah, but I I, my, I guess it's just throw them in there because it's so much easier to do. Like what you did with Cat Bane. You just, you know, you know how to animate him. It's really easy. Done. Yeah. Well, put that for sure here. I'll say we're, <laughs> we're, we'll kind of speed through two because two is, I think, the one episode of this show you can kind of really can kind of skip. I mean, if you are in a hurry, I don't think you really gain anything out of that episode. Is very important, apart from the fact that the ship gets really damaged. Which one is this? Frog Ladies episode. Oh, passenger. that's the name of it. I don't yeah. even know. The passenger. I just call it Frog Ladies episode. The passenger episode, chapter ten. And I just call it Frog Lady episode. The only thing I take away from that episode is really that the ship gets damaged, and the, the one thing I'll point out here is that Grogu's choices episode directly impact the entire course of the season. Yeah, he's hungry, huh? Yeah, because think about this. He's hungry. He's eating the frog lady's eggs. He gets yelled at for it by Mando. And then when frog lady is like in the sauna, he basically eats a spider. Leads to a massive situation where the spider damages the ship. The ship has to get like brought back to Navarro. The, the, the tracker gets planted on Navarro by an Imperial like synthesizer. And then he gets up captured because he was too hungry. I, literally, the entire storyline comes because Mando doesn't feed Grogu enough. <laughs> Simple as that. But yeah. that's definitely a skippable one. 
<laughs> you know what I didn't remember and it blew my mind here? When that episode ends, I thought that episode ended that when I like before I went and rewatched it, I thought the episode ended with Frog Lady being reunited with her husband. It doesn't. It ends up just flipping away. It carries over into the next episode for like five minutes. And then Frog Lady shows up again. Yeah. Yeah. They love Frog I Lady. I couldn't believe I thought that was like the end of the episode. It's like, all right, it's her husband. Can you help me? And then, you know, credits play. And then the next episode is, yeah, I can help you. But no, it, it was it, it, it was like an episode and a half of Frog Lady. Yeah, Frog Lady also has a babysitting Grogu at one point because he, when 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 Mando has to go out and help Bo-Katan with her quest to steal the Empire's weapons, like, and then he ends yeah. up and he sees the. Oh, yeah, not to mention when he meets Bo-Katan for the first time. Where is he? Yeah. They're fishermen, but fishermen are very similar to what pirates. Yeah, waiting for Hondo again. Yeah, we got a bunch of Mon Calamari on that planet where Admiral Akbar's people. Yeah, yeah, and they're wearing like realistic sweaters. Yeah. Yeah, they went. To, they went to the Star Wars equivalent, like the Nordic fishing village. It kind of reminded me of New Asgard. Yeah, a little bit. Anyway, we do see here. I did think it was also fun with that sequence. Of, we'll sort of wrap up Frog Lady here. Is that when she reunites her husband at one point, Mando just drops Grogu off the base with them, and Grogu sees their one of their kids being born. He's just like mesmerized by, it, and he wants Mando to t- pick up a frog and take him as a pet. Yeah, he's funny. Maybe he just wanted to eat it. Yeah, I did think it was fun. I did think that was funny though, but. We do see he's trying to find Mandalorians, and he does meet uh, Bo-Katan on this planet because he gets himself in a trap, and then Bo-Katan and her crew end up saving him, and then she basically gives him a bunch of info dump on Mandalorians because he's shocked that they take their helmets off. Yeah, he kind of learns that not everyone follows the ancient religion like that, and there's ten of different types here. You're a child of the Watch. We're just we're just the Mandalorians, you know? And uh, I guess a lot of that changed with Maul, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at it like that, Mando's kind of the bad guy, right? A little bit. And that if it was him as an adult during the Clone Wars, he would have been teaming up with, like, Gar Saxon and them. Yeah. But they take their helmets off, too, right? Yeah, I think this is, like, as I said... But that's not necessarily... I, I think, don't know I, exactly. I but... it's this, this, this His group, we do find out, is a splinter cell of Death Watch. So, like, maybe like, this is the more religious sect of that group. Right. Yeah, because I think once they get betrayed by Maul, then maybe they sort of go back to the way of the Mandalore. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So, anyway, we do see this going on. They do, the, the raid on the ship is also fun, and a fun cameo I have to mention here late, later on here is uh, no character actor Titus Welliver is the, is the uh, Imperial Admiral leading this ship. Ah. So if you're a Lost guy, he's the man in black on Lost. He's also from, okay. he's also in he's also in uh Bosch. He's in that show. Don't forget uh this episode had Sasha Banks. Yep. Uh she she comes back again though in the finale. So that was a big deal again, yeah. seeing a pro wrestler back on the Star Wars scene. Yeah, a former WWE superstar. Now uh not really sure where she wrestles now, not WWE anymore. Yeah, not really sure about that one. That's that's more your territory than territory than mine. I believe she's in Japan now, but I, I, she had apparently a very, um, a very like what's the word I'm looking for? Not smooth transition out of WWE. I think she just kind of left one day. Yeah. Imagine to get up and leave. Yep. No two week notice. Nope. That's wild. Yeah. I also want to point out here. We'll sort of lead the Bo-Katan stuff because Bo-Katan gives in the history of, the, of like the dark sayer she's looking for and like how she had it and lost it. And she invites him to work with them again to reclaim Mando after his quest is done. So 
we also mentioned here that there's also a little bit, at least early half of the season, a lot of New Republic presence here. Because we do see, like, a couple of the pilots showing up again, including this guy Carson Tebow, who's become a recurring character on the show. It's sort of like, hey, there's doing patrols because there's stuff going on in the outer rim they're worried about. Yeah. What exactly is that that they're worried about? Oh, as I said, that there's, like, activity going on that they're not happy with. And then at one point, they recruit Cara Dune to, like, work with them, and she becomes a marshal for the Republic. And this is sort of where the whole... Remember, remember Reigns, Reigns of the New Republic was supposed to be a thing before... Yeah, actually, I'm assuming that's what this was all going to be about, and then they kind of had a can it all. Yeah, because from what I gather with that situation is that this was going to be Gina Carano, Cara Dune spinoff show. And she was going to be the main character. Maybe this guy was going to be in it, and a couple other people were going to be in it. And then all of a sudden, like... They got rid of her, and you look at the trailer for season three, I think some of that stuff got folded back into Mandalorian. Maybe, because it's very obvious they had to rewrite Mandalorian after season three after this yeah. season. Yeah, because I think... Because we all know how this season ends and how Boba Fett kind of goes the other way with it, so, yeah. Yeah, so, the point that was interesting that's going on here, because they are also, like, we see the Republic pilots, like, are chasing Mando because he was on the prison ship in season one, and then they let him go because he gave them three high value targets that don't help him like fix his ship. I think that was a fun balance of action for the New Republic guys. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's going on here, and we do see episode four. I think a little underrated, which is when his one trip to Navarro when he greet Karga, the Mithril, and Cara Dune. Uh, uh, it's basically get rid of the one Imperial base on the planet here. One thing bothers yeah. two things here. I'll point out this here. Number one, this is where we start getting the rumors about the cloning of Grogu's blood. So that's that comes from this episode. Where does that come up in this episode? When they're in the base, they see the the thing, like the the clone silhouettes in the lab, and then they play the message from Doctor Pershing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He basically says that we need more blood from the child to continue the experiments. Yeah, my uh, takeaway from this episode is Grogu's hunger again. For yeah. cookies. Yeah, that was fun. I'll get to that later because yeah. Grogu. Grogu also gets dropped off at school. They're having creative ways to keep him out of harm's way early on. Yep. He says it's cool. He's definitely not paying attention at all. He's just sitting there looking for food. Yeah. And, uh, and he finds food. He finds some cookies. Now, I want to point out one thing. That I think it's probably the biggest continuity error in the history of this show. At one point, when the, after they set the charge to blow up the base... Mando says, I'll like, like go, tells Cardoon, go out there and take care of, and like get out of here. I'll be right back. I think, I don't know how long. Did you tie how long this is from when he's gone in the episode? No. I, I I swear this is about five minutes. So I know he has a jetpack, but in this span, he's managed to not only get back to town, pick up Grogu, pick up his ship, and then get back in time to blow up the, the uh, TIE fighters that are chasing uh, the the crew back in the steering stolen Peel craft. That makes like no sense. Let me ask you a question, Mike. Does that bother you? Yes. So if so, then because you said yes, I am going to advise you to never watch Game of Thrones <laughs> because season seven of Game of Thrones that happens about four times an episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's just a, that's just lazy writing, in my opinion. I agree because season seven of Game of Thrones is very lazy, very lazy writing. Because I mean, and, I, I could get like if he just flew back, picked up his ship, and went back, but the fact he stopped, picked Grogu up, went back, and then flew back. Like, where's this time coming from? Got a faster jetpack than we think. Yeah, and like they they were going well outside. They were out to the lava fields. I remember in season one, it took them like a day to go from the lava fields to uh, back into town. Yeah, you're basically describing what Game of Thrones is. You have walking across the country takes seasons, maybe two seasons, three seasons, 
And in season seven, it takes 10 minutes. It's like 24th, the LA traffic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's never traffic in LA on 24th. Yeah. All right. So anyway, we find Empire's plans for Grogu, and we also see in the series here that Bo-Katan gives him information here because he says he's looking for a Jedi, and she points in the direction of Ahsoka, and Ahsoka's episode's a lot of fun, Nick. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You yeah. learn a lot about... Um... Oh, yeah, we, we should be calling him Baby Yoda still. Yes, his name is Grogu. Yeah, we find out in that episode his name is Grogu, and... Uh... I did think it was fun when, like, when Grogu first re- hears Mando say his name, he gets so excited. Yeah, yeah, he kind of just pops his head up like that. And I remember the, the most memorable line of this episode, I think, by far, is how Ahsoka says she won't train him, and and he says why, and then she's like, he has strong feelings for you, and she basically says, I've seen what Struts, I've seen what Struts feelings can do to a fully drained Jedi Knight, even the best of us. She's clearly talking about Anakin, and that's really sad. It is really sad, and I did love the sequence here, where you know, like this mission where like. She and Mando, like, first fight, then they get along, then they have this uh, meet in the minds about Grogu, and then the sequence where they invade the town, where the magistrate is in hold up and just torturing the citizens. There was just a lot of fun where, like, it's sort of like a samurai duel where, you know, like, you have Ahsoka and uh, Morgan Elspeth are, the, are, like, the primaries, and then uh, Michael Bean's character and Mando are the seconds. I'm sorry, repeat that? Have you ever seen like the concept of, like of like a duel like a like this duel like you know like where you have like your duel and your second is like the second in command behind you and they sort of sit out until your your duel plays out? Yes, I think that I I could be mistaken, but I think that comes from ancient Japanese culture. Yes, that's that idea. They do play that well this episode because Ahsoka and uh, Morgan Elspeth are the main are they the main ones and Mando and uh, Michael Bean are the second. So they both and at one point they're both outside the main gate. Like. We'll see who wins. Will your guy? Will your will your person win or my person win? And then eventually they start fighting each other, huh? Yeah, that was that was a fun episode. I did like the fighting there. See, well, don't forget the big the big line, Mike. Yep. That Ahsoka says, "Go ahead." Yeah. You can take it. Yeah, she says the important, all important line to get people to start watching Star Wars Rebels. Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? Which you would think has to be the one of the plot lines in her show. Correct. Along with finding Ezra, yeah, because this is a, that's some that's something we'll mention here is people who have not watched Star Wars Rebels yet. This is sort of where her plot line leaves off in Rebels, and that she and Sabine were going to be t- together in that show are going off to look for Ezra Bridger, who last we seen. I'm going to throw up here a little bit of a spoiler warning for season four of Rebels if you have not gotten that far yet. At the end of season four of Rebels here, uh, Ezra summons space whales and they pull his uh, Thrawn ship with Ezra and Thrawn on it into unknown regions and they have not been seen in the year since. Yep. <clears throat> Remember how dumb we were thinking that Thrawn may have been in the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> we thought he was going to be the main villain in Boba Fett and that's what it was turned out to be. But um, I don't we learn about I th- that and I think, that's I what we're think- looking forward to. I still think he's the main villain of this Mando verse. I mean, I feel like the stuff that Carson T was hinting at in the trailer, that the activity going, I feel like Thrawn's behind all of it. I, I really hope you're right. I, I had a little bit of a meltdown on one of our Boba Fett um, podcasts where I basically said there is no Mando verse, and and uh, I hope I'm wrong because it'd be a lot more exciting if there was instead of just Mandalorian. And then here's a show about Boba Fett doing nothing. Here's a show about Ahsoka doing nothing. Here's a story about 
Paradoon doing nothing, which I did hear they might recast her, recast the role. There's a rumor about that floating on the internet right now about the Cara Dune situation. Yeah. We'll discuss that more, I think, in the season three preview podcast. And my theory would be like, I think the key with that is going to be how they address her in this season and the season three coming up here. Because like, if it, if Grief Car gives a line saying something like, "Oh, like, like Cara Dune's off world, taking care of the New Republic," I think they're going to set the stage for her to get recast, show up in season four. Yeah, but. You know, well, we'll see what they do. I just hope that that is true. Like, I, I would love for them to be recast. I'd love to see that character again. Recast her. Get uh, the Boba Fett, maybe the season two. Get it involved a little more with the universe. Have Ahsoka be a little more involved with the universe. Have Mando involve Boba Fett again. Get Fennec involved. The Black K, all them. Ahsoka, bring everything together and have a nice shared connect continuity. Yeah, one takeaway I had from what from this rewatch so far, the character draft is going to be very, very deep in Mando. There's a lot of options that'll come off the board. Yeah, we're going to have to have very clear ground rules on who we can take and who we cannot take because... I, I will discuss off-air. I've made a list. I'll write with you off-air. Yeah, it's like, for example, Bo-Katan we see in the trailer. We haven't seen Ahsoka in the trailer, but like at the same time, we're kind of positive she'll be there. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll discuss off-air what's going on with that in terms of... Here, I also do think it's interesting we see the evolution of the relationship between Mando and Grogu develop because the beginning of the season is still sort of like a, you know, like... He, I, I'm protecting him because, like, he's he's I'm honor bound to do it by my creed. But you see that the relationship of this two really grows over the course of the season to the point where, like, Mando is like basically become the surrogate father of Grogu. Yeah, you, you see it a little bit in season one where he goes from unaccepting to accepting, and then season two, it's like, okay, I know I know I'm his dad, but now I'm learning how to do it. Yeah, like especially that sequence in Ahsoka's episode where. They're t- we're, they're trying to teach him how to summon the ball with this, with the force, and he had like uh, he won't do it with Ahsoka, and then Mando t- brings out the little ball from the ship that he is trying to play with, and he has to do, he gets so excited when when Grogu is over to do it, and that really is like r- the first time you really see Dad Mando pop up. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and then we get the the final three episodes like strung together. I think is a very I think it's a very tight like end of the season. I think it's a very fun way they ha- wrap up everything. Yeah, my favorite episode is the next one, The Tragedy. It's the one I actually came on to the Just on the Suffering podcast, which that episode is in the feed for the Sky Guys now if you go back for, far enough. I'll, but, I'll, I'll help the audience here. I'll link to all the Season 2 recaps in that in this podcast, so you can go back and listen to those if you want. It's not the same format as us, but it's, it's, us, it's me and various guests, including other Sky Guys, discussing the episodes. Right. I was a guest on this episode of The Tragedy. Pete, unfortunately, was the frog lady. Yeah. But... Um, I just can't believe this is the episode that was directed by Robert Rodriguez. And then they said, it's phenomenal. They said, you did, you did such a great job with Boba Fett. You should make your own show on him because you can't possibly mess this character up. And to be fair, Boba Fett through the rest of the season is kick-ass. Yeah. It was was literally perfect in this episode. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Yeah, there is a lot, a little bit of Mando stupidity in this episode as well. I'll point that out in terms of like, but they bother me some of Mando's actions on this one, especially like when like he first meets Boba, like, and they both drop their weapons and their jetpacks. The fact he never gets his jetpack back, like, really would have made things a lot easier for him to try and get Grogu back. Yes, that is true. I remember I said to you in this episode when the Razor Crest was destroyed. Yeah, I remember I said on the podcast that if you noticed. The Razor Crest is destroyed, but that ball was still there. Yep. And that ball is like hope that they're going to get Grogu back. Yeah, you, know? Only, only, you remember his famous lines, the two things survived it, the ball and the spear. And the spear is going to be how man, man like man's going to need the spear to uh, beat Gideon. 
Right. Yep. And he used the spear to be Gideon, and the ball was a sign of hope that Grogu will still will be okay, and he was. Yeah, I think in terms of this show, also was I think probably the mo- biggest like WTF moment since the premiere uh, when we see, meet Grogu the first time is the Razor Crest being destroyed. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, let me ask you a question. I know we're jumping ahead a little bit here, but the ending to the season and him leaving. Yes. Do you feel like that was a bad decision? Like, I think it was bad writing by the team to build up this relationship so much, show him become a dad, and then be like, bye. I don't think it was a bad decision. I think it was more in terms of, like, like he's made an impact on him, and we had the storyline set up of what he could be doing next, and we're going to get it with Grogu this time. I suppose, Yeah. Because I feel like this, like the, the storyline he's going to go on in season three, we'll talk about that more over the next couple of weeks of what's happening here. That is teased more directly in Book of Boa that what Mando has to do is just sort of, you know, laid out. But at the same time, we do have Mando with Grogu doing the mission, opposed to just Mando working with other Mandalorians to get his job done. Definitely, yeah. Um, the tragedy, though, what an episode. It is. I mean, you see Fennec, reveal Fennec is still alive, get Boba back, getting his armor, like, Blowing up ship with his rocket, that was amazing. He cleaned his armor, too. Looked very, very smooth. He cleaned it between episodes, I think. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right. It looked very, very smooth. It looked awesome, they like, the way he did it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun seeing the fights, too, and then mowing down stormtroopers, and then, then like, when Fennec gets trapped and he kicks a rock to basically roll, steamroll a bunch of stormtroopers who have the machine gun thing going on here. And I did think it was awesome to get the debut of the dark troopers in live action. Oh, yeah, you... You are right. In when he shows up, his armor was not clean. It was clean the next episode. Yeah, because like between episodes, I think he's when he's on the yeah. ship, they're cleaning. He's cleaned it. Yeah, right, right. And it stays clean throughout Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, but it was like extraordinarily clean when yeah. you first saw it in uh, season two, episode seven of Mando. Yeah. Yes, but I did, I did love the fighting here, and I did love the fact that like Boba has an honor code here with Mando. It sort of carries over to Book of Boba Fett that character trait, sort of like you know, like I have. Like I made a deal with you, I did not let my end of the deal. I'm going to help you until you until our arrangement is complete. Yeah, then you kind of see a friendship kind of forward between the two, also. So it becomes more of a I'm going to help you not only because I have a debt to you, I'm going to help you because you're a good guy. Yeah, it's like it's mutual respect, I would say. Right, right. And it does pay off a bit in season two of, uh, in Book of Boba Fett, season two point five, Mando when term when. Boba goes to Mando for help. Mando is like, you know what, like, on the house. I'm helping you. Oh, yeah, think about it. If he didn't help him, the Grogu wouldn't have been there, and then he wouldn't have calmed down the Rancor, and they all would have died. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very, like, very good uh, living by Boba Fett ends up being, paying off the evidence for him down the line. Yeah. Yeah, I also forgot in the end of the episode here, it's like, I always assumed the episode ended with, like, them going to, like, saying, I'll work here to help you, and then he goes back to get Cara Doom. I forgot the end of the episode where Grogu was, like, torturing the stormtroopers in his cell that was also funny that was very funny yeah yeah it was a wild ending here and then episode seven the one that gets forgotten here the believer i think it stands up incredibly well on the rewatch and the thing does get forgotten it gets forgotten because you kind of assume you go from this to them storing the ship with bo-katan and cara dune and all that but they need to get help from mayfeld here who we saw back in season one play by the great bill burr and like the character we get in this episode from him is a lot of fun yeah, it is. I like his character. I like him as an actor. I never knew he acted. Is this his first acting role in Mando? He's a, he's a, he's a comedian. Yeah, no, I know, I know him as a comedian, but I've never seen him act before. I'll look up the Bill Burr resume here, but I mean, but, like, but I, I was surprised. But he was a good actor and a good character. I'll, 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 uh, I'll do it with you here. But 
he did a good job, and I was impressed by that. And and a good ep- it really was a good episode. And and you're right, though. I know he's been in a lot of stuff before, but mostly playing, he's been, mostly, mostly playing himself on TV. Yeah, he's been in some movies now, like probably like short roles and little little things. But he, uh, you're definitely right, though. That this is really a forgotten episode. Yeah, because I think everybody forgets about it, but it does a lot on the rewatch because this is the first time like Mando willingly takes his helmet off in front of other people. He does it for Grogu, and then we get this great confrontation here where he inspires like uh, uh, Mayfell to be a better man, and Mayfell covers for him when he's like sort of like completely gotten like stage fright in front of the uh, admiral there, or the commanding officer, and then he has this redemption moment because they find out that this is the commanding officer who basically wiped out Bill uh, Mayfell's plan and he kills him, and then. Gets off an incredible shot that basically blew up an Imperial base. Yep. That was pretty cool, huh? Yeah. I also love the conversation that, that uh, he and uh, Mando were having in the transport on the way over, too. That was also very deep stuff. Isn't this the episode where we get the seismic charge? Yes, where Boba Fett like, detonates the seismic charge. Uh, I think yeah, that's, 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 it's a fantastic episode. It really sets you up for the finale well. And that's what this is always a top episode. This, um, Penultimate. Episode. What do they call it? Penultimate. Yeah, that's the, that's the term. That's right. It's a tough episode because you need to get people excited for the finale, but at the same time, usually you don't set up the finale in this episode because you set it up and then resolve the problem real quick. It's not really good. So usually, what they did, the tragedy sets it up. This is the episode where you gotta keep people interested without solving the problem, and then go solve the problem. And they did a perfect job at doing that. You keep people interested without solving the problem. And this is a great choice to have uh, Bill Burr's Mayfeld be in this episode because, like, he really is sort of, like, the main character of this episode. I mean, Mando's there, but I feel like this is the Bill Burr episode. And, like, he does a good job getting you to, like, sympathize with his character. And, like, unless he in season one, he's basically a scumbag who's, like, just leading a prison break. But he realizes there's a deeper layer to his character. He sort of has, like, turned over a new leaf by the end of the episode. Right. And then, like, he gets left behind. And I feel like he's one where I definitely feel like we're going to see him again. Uh, yeah, he seems like someone we would definitely see again. Um, he's a he's a good actor. He's a funny guy, first of all. So, like, the, I would imagine they want to bring him back. But also, the character is a good guy. Yep, and um, helped out a lot. And he's like the only one who returned, I guess, from that episode, right? The um, yeah, the prison break episode. The yeah. prison break episode is the only one to have returned, right? Yeah, because the other two we assume were just rotting in prison. He's just. He's the one they basically they bust him out to help him with his mission. Then they just let him go, and other people he died in the explosion. Yeah, so I, I hope we see him back in season three. Yeah, let's go to the finale for a bit. A couple of things I want to mention that, that I feel like can get forgotten very easily here. The conversation between Boba Fett and Boca Tan is very fun. Oh yeah, yeah. This is one I forgot about is that like they clearly do not like each other, and then like. Bogatan calls him out for being an imposter here, and and Boba knows that like she's the one who like effed up Mandalore. Can you blame anyone for what happened to Mandalore when Maul just came in and took names? No, I think he's talking about what happened. I think stuff we have not seen really, which is like leading up to the uh, Empire wiping out the planet. After the Maul stuff, you're saying yes. Uh, I guess we'll have to see then. Maybe one day we'll get a flashback to it. I mean, we get flashback to the event in the Book of Boba Fett, to the actual, like, Empire, like, purging the planet and bombing. Yeah, we'll get some flashbacks to why they don't like each other, I guess, you know? Yeah, that would certainly be a good conflict to resolve. And then we get, like, 
the the raid on the ship is cool, and I do love how smart Moff Gideon is in this episode where he like knows that Bo-Katan's coming after him for the saber, and he puts himself in a place where he doesn't have to deal with Bo-Katan, he deals with Mando instead and create more conflict. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think I think if, if Mando's not at the sphere, he wins that fight easily. Yeah. Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, but I noticed that Giddy, um, remember how in Mando season 2.5, he kind of struggles to use a dark saber because it's too heavy? Yeah, I just watched the episode today, actually. You don't get that from Moff Gideon. Yeah, I think Moff really. Gideon's had that thing for years. Is fine tuned how to use yeah, it. Yeah, I guess he just learned how to use it. But I thought the whole reasoning was that you it comes down to your worthiness. Well, he also claimed the, he did claim the thing apparently from Bo Katan, so. Yeah, anyway, I really want to see a lot of that stuff. Hopefully, we get to. Yeah, I mean, he is—he is going to be in season three. Maybe we get a flashback to that. Yeah, it would be nice. Yeah, so that sequence is fun. The drama of the dark saber is an underrated part of this episode because Mando basically promises Bo Katan, like, "Hey, you help me get the kid. You can do whatever you take, whatever you want. The dark saber, the ship, like whatever you want. It's all yours. I want the kid." And then he ends up getting yep. the dark saber because he beats uh, Gideon in battle. Yep, it looks like Bo Katan can never get the dark saber for herself. She's always gonna have someone give it to her. Yeah, and this is a fun point because when Moff Gideon explains the backstory of the dark saber, because Mando tried to hand her, she's resistant, and then he explains the backstory. Mando goes with the whole "I yield" and just gives her the sword, tries to give the sword, and she cannot do that because another spoiler from Rebels here. That's how she got it the last time, and things did not go very well. Things did not go well at all. We don't know exactly what happened, but. Things didn't go well that much, we know. Yeah, because last... So a little bit of the backstory of the Dark Saber here, the people who are not initiated here, is that this shows up in Clone Wars with uh, Pre Vizsla, who is... Uh, Paz Vizsla is, like, one of his aunts... Like, uh, I'm going to say his grandfather, most likely. Yeah. Yeah, so he has it. I, I don't even know if they're, like, directly related, but they're let's the just ha- say grandfather. Let's just say grandfather. It, it makes sense, because Paz... Yeah, Pre is an old, It's, like, about like a 50-year-old man. So he's when he has a son, then Paz is the kid. Yeah, it just it makes no sense. Let's just do that. Yeah, so he has it. Uh, Maul returns from the dead and goes to Mandalore, forms the alliance, and then backstabs Previsla and kills him. Takes the dark saber. He has it for about what, like, fourteen years. Yeah, he gets he gets the rebel crew runs into him, then he escapes, leaves it there. Sabine claims it. Sabine ends up having the saber for about a year, and then she gives it to Bo-Katan. Yep. That's pretty much it. We don't know how she lost it to Gideon. That's the only thing missing piece we have. That we don't know. I'm assuming he beat her in battle, though. Yeah. And then this sets up potential conflict of season three with that one. But the moment here that still gives you goosebumps when you see it. And if you watch the video that they put out the featurette of that put on Twitter, it's who they have made a featurette. They actually have people reacting to Luke Skywalker showing up live. Like when they first saw it, that was incredible. Yes, it really was. And the fact they kept that a secret is is incredible. Yeah, I really wish they would do other things like that, but it's so hard. It's it's so hard with the um, social media nowadays and whatnot. It's really hard to keep. I wish they can keep more secrets like this, but I, they've done it twice. To be fair, they did it with him. Who else? Grogu. It was Grogu. That's right. Yeah, they kind of did it with Boba. No, they didn't do it with Boba. Boba I mean, in season one, they did it with Boba. They had announced that Morris was playing him in season two, right? Yeah, they they said the ten Mars were coming back. But that was only for season two. So for season one, they kept it under wraps. But th- that could have not. That might not even have been Tom Morrison. No, that was probably some guy on set. Random guy on set walking. Yeah. They're not going to call Morrison all the way over to walk 
can you walk from here to that pole for three seconds? Without showing your face. Without showing your face, and we'll pay you handsomely. Yeah. I don't think that happened. Yeah, I think the fact they had this reveal, like, kept it secret was very cool, and gives you the, the like you said, the best Luke Skywalker moment we've had in a long time. Yeah, this, and uh, a lot of people agree with this, actually. I didn't know this until I saw this on, um, I believe I saw it on Reddit, but one of the top Luke Skywalker moments post-Return of the Jedi, that is, like, in that continuity, is, I don't know, if you played Battlefront, Mike, did you? I never finished it. The Star Wars Battlefront 2 um, Multiple line micro transaction trans, transaction game. Yeah, but that was, that was for the multiplayer. I'm talking yeah. about for the um, oh, single player. For the single player, there was a story mode in the game, and and it takes place. Um, I don't know the exact year it takes place, but it takes place. I want to guess. Is it right around the Battle of Jakku? I, it's, I think it's after that. Let, let me take a quick look. I know. The, 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 I know that game. You play the Battle of Jakku. You play the Battle of Jakku, but then there's a DLC that takes place much later. I think it takes place around the Battle of Jakku, so about a year after Return of the Jedi, and then the DLC takes place like a couple of years right before The Force Awakens, so okay. it really jumps forward. And it was a free DLC. You didn't buy it or anything like that. It's just a continuation to the story. But I highly recommend the game. It's it's canon, uh, obviously, because it came out after 2014. It's a canon game, and it, it gives you a lot of insight as to what happened in between the Endor battle and the Jakku battle, especially with like the Emperor and um his continuity plans and whatnot, and it kind of makes sense. So did they reference Operation yeah. Cinder in the game? Because that was a big thing they referenced in the show in, in here episode seven. Um yeah, they did. Yeah, because that was another fun name drop they had in there. It was Operation Cinder, I believe. If I'm correct, I'm wrong, is this sort of like the Emperor's, like, FU plan to be, if he ever lost. And they say, like, no, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's his continuity plan. It's Operation Center. And he has, like, a... In the game, it looks kind of silly, but he has, um... Have you ever seen Futurama, Mike? Yeah, I have. Do you know how they have the old celebrities' heads, like, in water? Oh, yeah, like, sort of like, like, the, like the... Like the... Like the whole thing wall, basically. Yeah, it's kind of that. It looks a little bit different, but it's the Emperor's face kind of in one of those, and he puts it on a body, and that's how he kind of lives after death. Yeah. For the con for the content. <laughs> it's kind of silly, but it kind of reminds me actually exactly of Futurama. Yeah, I don't remember but that one. I remember I was reading on the Wookiee one day I went down the rabbit hole. Apparently, like one of the planets that like, he tried to like have Naboo destroy after he died. Yeah, you actually go to Naboo in the uh in the game, and it's really cool to run around and you run around and feed, which is the city in Naboo, like that takes place in, in, in the Phantom Menace and you're running in the streets and you go into the big castle. It's actually a lot of fun. Yeah, so I that to the video game list. Too. I believe you're Leia in that scene. Yeah, I think, you you, you yeah, change characters throughout the game. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I think Leia, I remember Leia is a part of that story where like she has to like help like prevent the plant being destroyed. Yeah. I believe you're Leia running out, leading uh, an army. Yeah. Uh, I guess you're still the rebels at that point. You might be the new Republic. I'm not sure. I think, but, I, th uh, I think at that point it was like disputed where like the empire not giving up yet. Yes, I think you're technically the New Republic, but the Empire is still fighting and saying we don't we don't give up yet. But you're yeah running around with Leia and, and the New Republic around Theed is a lot of fun. Yeah, so we'll talk about maybe that's maybe a future podcast. We'll figure that out, like the uh, stuff stories that we need to remember from uh, Battlefront Two. So that's a f future podcast idea. But here, but I did think Nick, tell me if you have this issue here. I completely forgot about the, about the post credit scene after the end of the end of the episode. 
Oh, I did not. I thought it was awesome. I was excited to see that. I'm like, oh my god, what is this? I remember there was a lot of confusion on the internet. Yeah, because because um, what a, did that mean? It was because it was completely unannounced. I remember like when the episode first aired, I was sitting there watching like credits rolling, credits rolling, not getting the neck like watch next screen. Like something's coming, and then all of a sudden you get like this badass Bella Fett moment where he shows up. He like Fennec Mur like it's sort of actually a, a funny parallel for. Her. Uh, his own show where Fennec he murders the entire core and Boba makes the one kill and takes the throne. Yeah, he takes the throne and then it pops up the book of Boba Fett and everyone's like, well, what is that? Yeah, there was... Is, 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 is this a book? Is this the next season of The Mandalorian? Is it its own thing? Is The Mandalorian over? People had no idea. And it took a couple days until they told us the book of Boba Fett's a show. It's coming out at the end of this year. Or I don't know if they announced the date at that point, but they had said like it's coming out soon. They have our own show and the and Mandalorian is still a show. And they had, they had to clear that up because people were so confused. Yeah, because it, it said on the on the screen, I watched it again, it said Book of Boba Fett coming in December 2021. And then yeah, he, people didn't know if that was a book. People didn't know if that was the like, next season of Mandalorian. It was focused only on Boba Fett. Like, people didn't know what that meant. Well, technically, they were right. It was a book? <laughs> no, I mean, it was the next season of Mandalorian. <laughs> or kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, people didn't understand what it, they had to come out and say. This is its own show. The Mandalorian will have a season three. I remember John. It's not this. I remember John Farrow had to go on Good Morning America and clear that up. Yeah, because it was a little confusing on what exactly they meant by that. Yeah, it was here. That's really the season two with the nuts and bolts here. Mm-hmm. As I did last year, I'll go over some of the notable cameos here. So, so it's not the trick hacker here. Uh, the gam- the, the uh, gambler beginning of uh, chapter nine is voiced by John Leguizamo. Did you catch that? I don't know who that is. Yeah, he's one of the act. Did you watch the uh, show that Ben Melson was on on Netflix? I don't think so. Blood- Bloodline. No, but I think oh, now I know who this guy is. Yeah, he's on. Should have told. He's one of the characters on Bloodline. I don't know. Well, I did. I actually did watch Bloodline for a little bit. I I wasn't a, the biggest fan, but um, it, to me it was a little boring. But I can't believe you didn't mention his number one role. What's that? He played Luigi in the Mario live action movie. <laughs> yep, so Luigi. Oh, man, I remember that movie. Yeah, that one. Uh, our good friend D. Bradley Baker, whose voice talents like, carried the bad bad every week. He's the voice of the frog lady. Oh, man. That was wild. I found that out. It blows my mind that they refer to her as frog lady. Yeah, they never gave her a name. Yeah, it's just like the subtitles say frog lady. Like, there's nothing. The credits say frog lady, too. Isn't that kind of crazy to you? Yeah, it is kind of crazy. I mean, this is the same universe that had, that had Chopper credits himself for most of Rebels. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, we mentioned Dave Filoni. He's back as Trapper Wolf in Chapter 10. Sasha Banks, you mentioned earlier. Michael Bean, Kyle uh, Kyle Reese from Terminator is laying uh, Morgan Elf at second in Chapter 10. In chapter five, in the, so that was fun. That is cool. Yeah, that was cool here. And uh, for not- Game of Thrones fans, now people appreciate this. Uh, uh, Valen Hess, who is the admiral that Bill Burr murders in Chapter Nine, he's the Night King from Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's one that you would never know because Night King doesn't talk. Yeah, in Game of Thrones, so you would never know that. But very interesting. Only he's only credited for two episodes. I wonder why. I guess they recast him at the end. But uh, yeah, they did recast him in the end. But yeah. That was disappointing. Disappointing show, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, this guy had good performance. He was very, 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 very shootable in that in that, episode, in that scene. Oh yeah, yeah, very, yeah. And let's get to your 
Favorite supporting character of the season. Who are you going to go with here? This is really exciting that I get to say this. My favorite supporting characters are Luke Skywalker, Boba Fett, and Ahsoka. <laughs> and Bo-Katan. Isn't that cool that I get to say that? Yeah, like all four of them have pretty big roles here. Yeah, they all have pretty big roles in their own stuff outside of this, too. But, yeah, and Boba was so cool in this. Boba was a great addition to this, to this show. And, like, it's it's disappointing what they did to him in his own show because, like, if this Boba Fett carried over to his own show, it would have 50 times better. He li- he kind of works his own show as if I'm past that. I'm too good for this now. But like we didn't get to see it, so you can't do that. So he's basically he's basically doing the the uh, Danny Murtaugh like the I'm too old for this shit. He is the is that Bloodline? No, that's like uh I forget what the there's a guy there's a guy Danny in my Bloodline right? No, Danny's Ben Mendelsohn in uh in Blue Bloodline. He's the same guy as uh, Krennic, right? Yep. Yeah, uh, but 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 uh, he plays like a mob boss. Yeah, like I, he's the old Italian mob boss, and he already paid his dues by doing the dirty work, and now he's just gonna watch everyone else do it. But we didn't see him do the dirty work, and that's what we—that's why we're here. That's why we tuned into the show to see him do the dirty work. Yeah, I was talking about. Lethal. That's why it didn't work. Yeah, I was referencing lethal weapon. Ah, because okay. da- Danny Glover plays Murtaugh, and his character, his, his signature lies. I'm too old for this shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, right. All right. So I say, like, Boba Fett's in that stage of his life. He's like, I'm too old for this shit. Somebody else can do it. Like, he'll do it Damn, if he has well, to. When, when is Lethal Weapon 5? Yeah. Lethal Finale coming in 2023. I did not know that was a thing. Really? Yeah, there's a fifth movie coming out. Is he in it? Uh, I'm trying to see here. As as of right now, it is, it's still in production. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I, I the last one was four. I thought. Yeah, we thought four came out in nineteen ninety eight. They're developing and, a fifth one. And, 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 and someone who is in it that a lot of people forget. Who's that? Chris Rock. Yeah, that's that's a good callback. Chris Rock and yeah. Joe Pesci were in Lethal Weapon Four. Yep. Now let's in terms of my best supporting characters here, I'll throw Elsa in the ring. Uh, Timothy Olyphant's Cobb Vance a lot of fun. I did love seeing him in this show. I'll also give a shout out here to. Uh, Obviously, Bill Burr's Mayfell, getting him back was great. And uh, the Cara the, Dune, again, like, great job when she's there. Unfortunately, what happened with the actors, but the character's still very good. Yeah, it is. And I don't see any reason why. They, I don't have anything particularly against the actress. I'm not a fan of the actress. I'm indifferent. But I don't think it's going to be very hard to find somebody to just do what she did. Like, Nothing against the actress. She didn't really do anything so spectacular that no one could be recasted as her. Like they could recast her with anyone, yeah, and I'll buy it. This is not recasting Carrie Fisher as Leia. This is like a yeah. This uh, is recasting Rhodey after Iron Man one. No one really cares. Yeah, this is re- this is replacing uh, Terrence Howard with Don Cheadle. Yeah, it, not a big deal. Yeah, I'm sure they'll find like somebody like in that archetype who can play that role for season four. You can guess. It'd be nice. It'd yeah. be nice. Maybe a surprise when they throw her in season three and didn't tell anyone. It'd be great. Uh, that would make Rails with a character draft. Somebody wants to take that risk. How do you think he feels, Terrence Howard? I think he feels I don't think I think he's got enough in ego, he feels okay with it. Yeah, he definitely has enough in his life, but do you think he feels do you think he thinks to himself like could have made a lot of money? <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's also an actor who's like not gonna want to say like, oh, I'm stuck in this role for like twenty five years and he wants to do a bunch of different things. Is that why he left? I think it was over money, though. I feel like because he wanted. Yeah, I money. think it was over money as well. Because at that point, 
yeah, we want to sign you on for two or three more movies. I don't think they know. They knew, oh, yeah, we're going to have you be this character in about 90 things. Yeah. Because I remember at this point, I think like, they, they, they made the first movie, and he basically says that, like, Terrence Howard is claiming that, like, he left, like, a, that he was dealing with, like, a pay cut. That's why he wanted to leave. Yeah, well, I think that, uh, I think, I think, excuse me, that it won't be that big of a problem finding somebody else. Yeah, that's for sure here. Let's get to our trackers here also, So in terms of what we're keeping track of for Mando. Some of these will carry over into Mando Season 3 here. This is the way. We only added three of them this, this season, Chapter 11. Really? That was the only time it was said was in Chapter 11. So just, we're up to 16, this is the ways. So one episode. Yeah, all in one episode. All in the episode of Bo-Katan's there. For the average, one per episode. Yep, right on time. 16 episodes, 16, this is the ways. Uh, Mando Jobs. I only gave him one. I gave him the siege the job because that pays for his ship being repaired. Yeah, a lot of the things he does, like, do you consider the the, the taking of the Frog Lady a job? Taking the what of a job? Taking Frog Lady as a job? No, because that was like, you're doing me a favor because, like, you... Yeah, I, yeah, a job is different than a favor. You're right. Because yeah. you, remember, Pally Wallace is like, oh, do me, do me a favor, bring her over and she'll give you information. Yeah. Yeah, I think like this one was clear. He where Greek Car says like our tab is even now that you that you helped us and your ship is prepared. Right. All right. That's the one job here. Uh, planet tracker up to eleven. We added the planet Gorkoresh on the beginning here. Maldo Kreesh, Trask, Corvus, Tython, Carthon, and Morak. So a bunch of new planets. Yeah, I, I, I see. I'm happy either way in Star Wars. I'm happy if you return me to old planets. I, 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 I Tatooine's a little much, but <laughs> bring me to Tatooine, bring me to Coruscant, bring me to Naboo. I'm thrilled. I'm excited, but I'm also happy when you add more planets because it makes the universe seem even bigger, the galaxy even bigger. So either way, I'm happy. And in this case, we're 11 planets in 16 episodes, and a lot of these, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of these planets in this show in. Kenobi in Andor in Bad Batch, like everything, we don't see them again. Like they show up for they they show up and they're gone. Like Clone Wars too, like Rebels, like all these planets just show up and they're gone. And I kind of like that. The only recurring planet is really Tatooine and Coruscant, feel like in my opinion. For the most part, yeah. Like you have some planets that pop up every now and then, but the ones that show up frequently are those two, yeah. The one I would be, I'm disappointed we've not gotten back, gone back to a lot of action. I'd love to go back to Naboo after after the war and see what the, see what life's like over there. I would like to have seen Naboo during the Age of the Empire, too. See, I guess you see it very little bit with Padme's funeral, but yeah, that's, that's not really the Age of the Empire. It kind of is. Technically, it is, but it's not really the Age of the Empire. Yeah. This one exploded this tracker, by the way. This one, I feel like they watched season one said, this is a big hit. Let's do this more. Grogu eating. We added him eating the frog legs, lays eggs in chapter 10, the baby spider in chapter 10, a squid in chapter 11, soup in chapter 12, and the space Oreos in chapter 12. So five differences of Grogu eating food. Yeah, and uh, a lot of them were at the beginning, too. The first three episodes, he was eating a lot. Yeah, he was eating a lot. He stopped eating after uh, episode five. Yeah, and then, well, then he was gone in six, so. He was gone. At six, he was, like, conked out. Seven, he was un- wasn't there. And eight, they rescued him. Yeah, so he couldn't really eat that much towards the end. Yep. Live action cameras. This one also exploded. We only had one in the first season. Now we're up to eight total. Three. Who from- was the one? Was it Boba? Boba Fett. Okay. We have three more. Of them. We have four from Boba Fett. 
the Gamorrean guards, Luke Skywalker, R2-D2, and Bib Fortuna. Ha! Yeah, Bib Fortuna. Yeah, Bib Fortuna stuck in there at the last second. That's funny. Last but not least, Anime Council debut here, because you got three, two from Bo-Katan, one from Ahsoka. Yep. All right. Nice job there. All right, here. Uh, Give me, real quick here, MVP of the season. If I had to pick one, I'm taking Mando. If I had to pick, like, three, give me, like, Mando, Luke, and Grogu. Mando, Luke, and Grogu? Yeah, I mean, Grogu, I mean, Mando, for reasons obvious, Luke, I mean, all of them, for reasons obvious, I don't need to go into detail. Yeah, I'll throw Mando, I'll throw Boba Fett in there as well, I feel like he had a very strong season when he when he was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else would qualify on the MVP board, but I think that's that's really it. LVPs. You got, you got my name is Pete on this LVP tracker here. Yeah, I actually, I actually erased <laughs> Pete's here, so LVPs for you. Uh, Pelimato, number one. I despise this character so much. I actually, to be honest though, this was when I minded her the least. Yeah, she wasn't. She what wasn't she bad. did here, she wasn't that bad here, but I hate her as a character, so she's here. And other than that, sort of like sort of like with us with Corn. You're she's you a Pelimato. Yeah. Um. Other than her, I don't really know. Maybe the fishermen. Like they were. I can't believe they did that kind of thing. But I, not like. No. Yeah, the fishermen were kind of dumb. But. There's not really anyone that I really dislike. I mean, maybe that Imperial Guard that Mayfield kills. Mayfield, he's kind of a yep. an ass, but that's about it. I think Grogu has to get one first, indirectly eating his own capture, right? Eating too many too many things in Chapter 10. Yeah, I, I guess it all domino effects from Grogu eating, huh? Yeah, all- but I, I think that goes on Mando for not feeding him. He's a child. You can't blame him. You got to blame the parent. Yeah, I did. Uh, to be fair, that was also pretty wild here. I'm gonna give also the New Republic an LVP because I don't know what the hell they're doing out there. They're not really very effective at their jobs. I feel like they're just trying to find a way to make the First Order come into the show, and that's their whole point. And one more, I will add in here in terms of uh, situations here that I feel like also qualifies for the LVP section. The Empire, are a bunch of fucking idiots. As always, yeah. I mean, they had some moments. They were they were not very smart. Yeah, they never are. I, I, the dumbest moment of my life was when Obi Wan Kenobi walked around that base, but like it was Austin Powers. Think about I know it's a different show, but that is so unbelievable. Think think about the episode. Think about the siege here. It's a magistrate, a shock trooper, a Mandalorian, and a Mithril managed to take down an entire base filled with stormtroopers and weapons and officers. Yep, that's that's, that's true. That's unacceptable. If you're, if I mean, I guess the Empire is gone, but. You have enough manpower to be able to hold that base. Agreed. Yeah. All right, here. Last but not least here. Uh, actually, do you have any... I'll read here my episode grades for these for these episodes while we have a second. Um, one second, because I did make note of this. Let me just get it going here. Okay. Uh, the first episode, which was the Marshall, I gave this a nine. Uh, same. The next, I gave a five. I gave a four to the passenger. Uh, the Harris, I gave a nine. Eight. The Siege, I gave an eight. Same. The Jedi, I gave a ten. I gave it a nine. The Tragedy, I gave a ten. Same. The Believer, I gave a nine. Same. And the Rescue, I gave a ten. Yeah, we were pretty simpatic on most of these ratings. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. One clear dud here in this one, and what do you think is a carryover from to season three from what we saw here? 
Well, I think the most important, and it's going to carry over, and this is not storyline related. The show is fantastic, and I think we're going to see more fantastic episodes. That's one thing that's going to carry over. But storyline, I think what has to carry over is the story of the Darksaber, the Bo-Katan stuff, the, the Mando having the, the, the whole Mandalore issue. And and don't forget, I, I mean, let's say let's say you were the Empire, Mike, and you just cra- captured Grogu, right? Yep. And then he was taken by Mando. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm going to try again. I was going to say, ah, oh, they got him. I guess we're done. So I'm expecting them to try again. Yeah, it might be a stealth thing they're hitting here, hiding here. Because I know that Gideon is off the board for the moment, and Gideon was the main driver. We have to get Grogu here, but who knows who else is in on this plan. Yeah, I'm sure Gideon is going to be back. Yeah, I mean, Gideon's going to be back. He might be a prisoner of the Republic at first. I wouldn't be surprised he escapes at some point before the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I, I would put money on this right now. I feel like it's, I feel like that our introduction to Thrawn is going to be Gideon reporting to him. Like Vader and Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I feel like Gideon's gonna sort of be our shadow villain for most of the season. Like in terms of like others, like obviously the Mandalore storyline going on, and he sort of plays a big role in that. I think that the end of the season he'll be free. He'll be reporting to Thrawn. It's gonna be really exciting. I really hope so. We see Thrawn see that he's around, know he exists, but don't know where he is, kind of in a hologram setting, and then find out more in Ahsoka. That's a good way to connect them. Yeah, I feel like that could be definitely interesting stuff here. And next week, we talked about this earlier. Season 2.5 of Mandalorian. We're going to the Mando cut of the Book of Boba Fett next week. It was fantastic. Yeah. yeah that, um, and it's a shorter rewatch, so I should be able to finish. Yeah, just three episodes. Five, six, and seven. And really, most of the action's in five and six. Yeah, and I I don't even know if I'm going to rewatch seven, considering how many times I've seen it. But maybe definitely for sure rewatch five and six. Yeah, I rewatched five today. Five is awesome. I think five is up here with any like, top tier episode of this show. Yeah, I remember when we did the podcast for five, we were like, we were a lot of confusion. Uh, people were unsure how to rank it, uh, rank it, rate it, because we're like, it's awesome, but this we're, isn't Boba Fett. Yeah, Boba Fett's not here. So what do we do? Yeah, well, here is very clear. It's like a ten. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the first episode of Mandalorian without like Act Grogu being like, a real consideration in the story. Because I'm still great. I love that. Another great. I mean, I'm gonna watch it. We'll talk about it next week. But another great opening badass scene for him. Yeah, very different opening badass scene for him. Yes, yes. Yeah, and with that, we're gonna wrap up for the week. I want to thank you again for coming on here. If you want to follow the Instagram, how can they do that? At Sky Guys Podcast, and you can also do the same thing by uh, typing that in. Follow the Instagram, am I right? Excuse me, the Twitter, am I right? Yep, same way. At Sky Guys, probably will follow me on Twitter, mphilips331. It's mphilips331. This week on Just on the Suffering Podcast, we're going to get you ready for Super Bowl 57. I'm going to be joined by Russell Baxter, pro football guru. We're going to preview the big game, all the matchups here, do the Super Bowl picks as well. So a lot of fun here as you get ready for the big game. Uh, big game is going to be a good one. I mean, uh, right now the spread currently sits at one and a half for the favorite, uh, the Eagles being favored. And Got to be the closest spread we've had in a long time, right? Yeah, it's, got, it's right up there. And the other interesting angle for us here, do we get a Mandalorian spot in the Super Bowl commercial? I think definitely. We got one last week during the conference championship. Yeah. I think we definitely get one in the Super Bowl. I feel like they have to get it in the Super Bowl. I mean, there's, they got eight. Yeah, this is prime time, although it's really expensive. I got a buddy who works in the industry where he kind of does that where you kind of sell those commercials off people and he knows the exact pricing and it is a lot of money uh, that would be fair like the timing is perfect it's about two and a half weeks before the season starts 
Yep. But do you think Disney really cares that much about the money it costs for a commercial? I don't think so. No, I mean, they're going to definitely running like Ant-Man commercials during the Super Bowl, I would think. Yeah, that's coming out on the 17th. So that's definitely something they're going to be doing. That's for sure here. We'll be back next week. We'll be, first of all, back later this week with uh, the mid-season coverage of the Bad Batch as well. The, the Clone Conspiracy and Truth and Consequences. A two-part episode this week for you Bad Batch watchers. That'll be some fun. Very excited for that. Very excited for that. We will be back as well next week. As I mentioned, Mando Mondays will continue with the Book of Boba Fett. We are going to, again, cover those three episodes. Pete should be out of car night for that one here. That will be a lot of fun. Until then, may the Force be with you.